Hello. Can anyone around here speak basketball? It's the Confederacy of Dunks Basketball Podcast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the Confederacy of Dunks Basketball, Basketball Podcast. I am your host, Freddie Rivas. And uh, who are you, sir, that just echoed me? I'm the producer, Matt Duncan. Wonderful. Um, well, we, we got a we got a we got a dandy of a show today. Uh, there's so much going on and dandy of a uh, show. Just got to say usual recording time, but we're 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 hardcore. We're going to we're going to record a pod for the for the <laughs> Raptors fans out there. But uh, before we before we get into our, our amazing guest and yeah. uh, and all this stuff going on. Yeah, Matt, um, you know, if people want to help us, they want to support us and find us like not in the real life, but you know, like on the internet. Yeah. How are they, they going to do that? Go to dunkspodcast.com. We've got our links there for Facebook and Twitter and iTunes and Stitcher. Get on your favorite podcatcher and subscribe to us. Even if you're on player FM, we will welcome you too. Wow. <laughs> it's good. It's good. We don't discriminate, especially, you know, because I'm sure there's some people out there who think player FM is like the bee's knees. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure there's some people who think that's the best thing. Um, and you know, they shouldn't be self-conscious or anything like that. Yeah, absolutely. But, uh, Matt, we have, we have a, we have a Patreon too. We do right? have a Patreon. That's right. We have a Patreon. People, you can go find that on our website. Yeah. That's on our website. It's under our links. And, uh, you can also go to, I think it's patreon.com slash dunks podcast is, uh, oh, if, yeah. if you like it the old fashioned way. Also, and, I hear a bell ringing. I think yeah, um, there's, I think there's there's a toque salesman. <laughs> oh, is that, yeah, <laughs> heading around. That's town. right. Yeah, you do have a box of toques at your place right now. Twenty bucks a toque, baby. Oh yeah, you know what? Pretty warm, and as I will say, they don't itch your head. Very That's, comfortable toque. No itchiness. No. Twenty dollars for a warm head top. Hit yeah. Me up. There you go. And I just want to say, uh, before we get into Raptors stuff and introduce our guest, shout out to Albert, my dad's friend, Albert, for giving my dad and I uh, his MasterCard seats uh, at the uh, Hornets game uh, a couple weeks ago. It was, oh, yeah. Larry Tenenbaum gave you a massage. Larry you? Tenenbaum was within spitting distance and uh, apparently the uh, you know president of the Union for Auto Workers. That's who uh, caught my dad's eye. So <laughs> he was right in front of us. Caught uh, your dad's eye. Yeah, and uh, someone across the aisle from me, I heard them. someone refer to him as Mr. Ambassador. So I don't know of what, but Mr. Ooh. Ambassador was right beside me. Uh, watching that huge blowout win. Thank you very much, Albert. Those uh, were insane tickets. And uh, I'm sorry that on TV we looked like, as he said, a couple of logs. Wow. Um, <laughs> honestly, Albert burned you guys, but he also showed you a good time. Hey, man, so. I was trying to be in my best behavior. I was, like, nervous being up there. Yeah, well, you know, don't be a log. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, be like, next time, time, next time I'll rip my shirt off. Absolutely. Well, Matt, let's uh, let's get into it, right? Let's let's bring on our guest and let's start talking some Raptors ball. Let's do it. Um, I was just with this guy about I don't know forty five minutes ago. He's hilarious. Uh, he's one of my favorite comedians in the whole city. We I'm usually searching for something we disagree on basketball wise, but if it's not a natural disagreement, I just can't do it. He he's a genius, just like me. So, um, give it up at home. He's hilarious. He's smart. He's cool. He's funny. He's everything good you think about anybody. Give it up at home for Yao Tua. I was dancing. I love. I love that theme. I love the consistency. <laughs> and what an intro! Wow. If I had any. Uh, feelings of sadness they were eviscerated after that intro I, i'm so happy to be here no problem <laughs> i i just feel like i need to set people up for who you are and and the how good that song is like i want people to think you're you know right at the tip of scarborough bluffs and you're flying a kite oh you know just something really magical like oh it's a magical magical moment yes it is rare for us to disagree uh I'm not sure if we'll get into my hot and cold takes today. Uh, maybe, but 
I like that today. I was like, here's a cold take. And you're like, a cold take? And yeah. You're like, oh. Yeah, that makes sense. We'll we'll get to we'll do the whole like you know uh we'll we'll do the whole kind of what 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 is that like children's tale Goldilocks who has the three different soups I messed it up yeah that's Horse. Goldilocks yeah, right. yeah yeah and, Ooh, and, the, and the three bears we're we're oh, gonna wow. do the Goldilocks <laughs> Yao version of takes okay? oh wow um okay let's let's dive right into Raptor stuff though um Matt if you got that Raptor sting. Would you be the devil you are and play it? <coughs> Can, Can somebody, somebody get, get nurse, nurse a, a fisherman's, fisherman's friend, friend, please? Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I'm yeah. so glad we recorded a podcast today. You must have had that ready for two weeks. <laughs> That's a live recording from a Raptors practice. <laughs> that's that's good stuff. I mean, I heard the coughs and I thought Matt's really fallen off. Like <laughs> he just started he just started coughing. It even pressed the Raptor sting, but honestly, shame on me because that's built into the cue. Absolutely. Amazing. <laughs> Like, and a plug for nurses, fishermen's friends. You know, he's getting into the uh, yeah. into the endorsement game now with between McDonald's and fishermen's friends. Yeah, the McDonald's commercial you could use a bit of work. I'll say that. <laughs> um, but uh, okay, let's let's dive right in. This is episode one twenty seven, by the way. Yeah, so cheers, wow. cheers to that. Um, Yao, I didn't even write down topics. Uh, I say we just kind of work our way back. Uh, did you watch the Knicks game? Oh, I caught parts of it. Highlight. You know what? The, with the Knicks game, it's not. It's like, what is our bench going to do? But what? Are, how many people hit double figures that game? Wow, so many people. So many I know. double figures. It's just, listen, it's not fair. You're not going to, like, compare the bottom of the league with, like, the top. It's, uh, it, it's, it's one of those things where the raps didn't slip uh, for even a second. They just kind of mm. put their foot on the gas and, like, worked some things out. It was like, let's have a uh, – what we'll call a very expensive practice. You know, we fly, go to New York, everyone gets their full day's pay. Hmm. Uh, it's it's just not fair. I feel bad for Knicks fans, but I don't feel bad for the media for a few reasons. Yeah, I think that's pretty fair. If you're a diehard Knicks fan and you're from New York, you know, you don't deserve this. No. Like, like this is this is a, like, may, maybe sounds insane to say out loud, but is there a worse run franchise in sports than the New York Knicks? Uh, right now, I would say they're in the top five. I don't think historically they're the best, one of the worst run franchises. Yeah, historically, but but I mean, you know, it's just been it's been so much losing for such a long time, and they're such a major market that it's yeah it's just rough um it's rough here's what i'll say about the major market sort of thing because the way the media treats it they're like if new york or la isn't good then all of sports are going to fall apart which has never been true i mean the nba's ratings were up over the course of the season i counting the playoffs and the finals uh each of the, each year for the past few years and last year didn't have a single LA or New York team in the playoffs. Uh, and I think the league was just fine. Uh, I just feel bad as someone who used to cheer for the Knicks and someone who has friends in New York who do cheer for the Knicks. Like you, you just can't get past bad ownership and bad management. Even Fizdale is a great coach. Uh, I think I think they're lucky to have Fizdale. R.J. Barrett's going to be great, uh, unless you scare him out of town, <laughs> uh, which is entirely a possibility. It's entirely in play. Uh, yeah, I just – it's just not fair to compare. It was like, how how were, were the Raps against – how were the defending champs against the worst-run team in the league? And that- honestly, that's, that's actually the – it sounds hyperbolic, but that's the proper framing – and you know, shout out to uh, uh, shout out to fellow Give Me Some Raptors News and Confederacy of Dunks friend, um, 
uh, Derek, who's actually keeping tabs of when the media comes around. So he's sharing clips throughout the season when different American analysts are, are kind of like letting everyone know that, oh, whoops, the Raptors are really good. The Dennis Scott one was awesome because the, even the commentator beside him was like, but you didn't have him making the playoffs. And his backpedaling was just, I don't know. It was rough. It was like watching Rudy Giuliani on like <laughs> CNN. You know what I mean? It was just, it was a mess. But uh, I'm just going to jump on your point though, Yao, about ownership. I think it, I think that's kind of where it begins and ends with the Knicks. And I know this is a Raptor segment, but you know the Knicks game we just played, it just highlights how inept they are. And they just can't get anything done with uh, with such poor, poor ownership. And Bowen has like one of the most fragile egos. Like I think how it sounds or how it seems between uh, off topic. NFL owners and billionaire owners, uh, they have really fragile egos, and amongst them, James Dolan is the most delicate of flowers. Mm-hmm. Dare I say, uh, kicking Charles Oakley out, uh, kicking a fan out, going to sell the team. Like he's got, he's so thin-skinned, which means he's not the type of person to think like five steps ahead. He's just like all immediacy and like right now, is my team making money? And that's really not how you want to run it. Um, what you want is what the Raptors have, which is a group of owners, uh, kind of compartmental. Like everyone has their own department. Everyone has the same goal of getting the best out of the team and winning. And there's no like kind of crossover. Like no one messes with the coach. No one undermines anybody. You don't have players having to go to ownership to undermine the coach. Like there's a system there. And James Dolan is like the antithesis of that. So. No, I think you're, you're you're dead on. And that's kind of a good transition to the Raptors. I think you were talking about bench players and who scored over 10 points. So I just kind of pulled that up. Oh, yeah. I pulled it up. So we got uh, Terrence Davis, 15 points. Ronda Hollis Jefferson, 12 points. Boucher, 13 points. Malcolm Miller, 13 points. Yep. And uh, the, the rest of the 10-point uh, scorers were, uh, were starters. Four. But um, – I think, you know, Nick's game is kind of what it is. And it's a cool little stat that at home, the Raptors have beat their division or their division rivals, which is the Celtics, uh, Sixers, Nets, and Knicks. Now uh, a league record 32 times in a row. So the last time we've lost to our division in our house was 2015 to the Knicks. Wow. How's that for dominance? And and I think wow. that's beside, right? That's this whole thing that we've built, and it's just wonderful. Um, but yeah, let, let's kind of like go another game back because the Philly game, I think, you know, if it's not the Lakers, it's probably uh, it's probably Phil- between Philly and the Lakers uh, as the best win, best signature win of the season. And let's go straight to Embiid's zero points. And I think the reason zero points stands out for a guy like Embiid, you know, more than let's say a guy like Lowry is, you know, Embiid gets to the line. He's just not someone you hold off the board. You know, it's yeah, the reason it was his first throw. scoreless game. He only shot three free throws. He was 0 for 3. Yeah. 0 for 11 from the field, 0 for 3. So there's a couple of things to be said about that. One, give it up to Marcus All. All these initial, like, we should trade him talks. Like, Haters. Just, just ridiculous speak. Uh, he, he constantly, from time, time and time again, shows his value in his, uh, his IQ, especially on the defensive end, is unmatched. He'll, he'll hit a stride when it comes to hitting his shots. He'll hit his shots. But I'm not really worried about Marcus all shooting the ball with everybody else on the team. Uh, yeah, exactly. He's focused on making sure everyone else shoots well. So it's kind of like, would you rather Mark Gasol kind of forced his game? You know, I'm going to stop myself right there. Yeah. Mark Gasol just doesn't force his game. That's how good he is. Yeah. He's not one of those players that needs to shoot himself out of a slump because no. he can do so many good things in the game. Like, I think I'm stealing Leo's point or someone uh, who was on the broadcast, but they were basically just saying – if you look at a guy like Marcus Gasol and then you look at Embiid, you know, there's other ways to affect the game. And something yeah. so special about Gasol is he's just 
he affects the game. And, and, you know, you see guys like Fred and Pascal and, and other, you know, kind of primary ball handlers, Terrence Davis, they're starting to understand that Gasol likes to operate in the middle and that he's always going to be this pressure release valve. And, you know, every game he's kind of his, his assists are like racking up and he does so much of the Gretzky assist that he doesn't get those, you know, he had a nine assist game in that Philly game, but that might end up being a rare thing. Yeah. Uh, for Gasol because he's just more interested in ball movement. So yeah, the, honestly, massive shout out to Gasol who also, you know, hasn't been injured, didn't take a break in the summer. And the guy is, the guy is incredible. Like, how, how you look at Marc Gasol and say, you know, he's bad or should be traded. Like, I, you know, I dare question your basketball knowledge, period, if that's what you think. Yeah, I feel like, like, we're, everyone talks right now about how a setter really can't lead your team. And then in the same breath, they're like, we need to trade Gasol for a better setter. Huh. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's just kind of this weird dichotomy. And like, we have him, he is one of the few centers that lives, like Embiid was talking about Drummond and how he lives in his head. Like, he has a condo, like a whole condo building inside Embiid's head. Like, yeah. he affects, and that team, Philadelphia, and Philadelphia won't go unless Embiid gets going. It's not a Simmons-led team. That's an Embiid-led team. They need him to get going. 100%. And, and I'm honestly not even that worried about Philly. Long term, I think Philly is good. I think they have a lot of new parts. Um, and let's just uh, so I was at the game, by the way. And you know, I've I was there when we lost to Cleveland in the conference finals, and everyone chanted, chanted, let uh, let's go Raptors for like 10 minutes. Uh, I was there for DeRozan's 52 point game. You know, I've, I've 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 been lucky enough to be there for some pretty big moments for the Raptors. Yeah. And oddly enough, one of the biggest moments I have ever witnessed was Josh Richardson missing three free throws in a row. <laughs> like the arena, I can't I can't explain it. the The arena lost it after you know Embiid missed the free throw. There was a kind of that bubbling energy. Yeah. Then. The- bogus call with Terrence Davis and it's almost like nurse sensed the moment and nurse was kind of like you know what I'm about to act a fool I'm gonna get this crowd riled up and he started (laughs) you know he started just really making faces and like stomping around and swearing and anyways Josh Richardson goes to the line he misses the first one he gets a little bit noisier but he's such a good shooter everyone's like yeah whatever he's gonna hit these then when he missed the second one it was kind of like everyone realized that they were a part of a unique moment. <laughs> I stood up. I'm in section 309. I'm going bonkers. I'm looking at anyone who's not standing up. I'm like, oh, on your feet, on yeah. your feet. <laughs> like, people are going crazy. Um, like, just to give you an example, you know how, like, you know, when there's a, a, a there, 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 if there's a break in the game, is when the ushers let people in. Yeah, the ushers were treating this like the game was active. They were like not letting people in the sections because they're like, this arena is about to pop if <laughs> this guy misses another free throw, and he missed the free throw. And like, I I thought Philly was gonna call a timeout. Like, it was one of the more deflating, <laughs> funny things I've ever seen live. That's amazing, Freddie. What was it like? Because you were at the 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 Embiid zero game. Uh, uh, like w- w- as you're watching the game and you're going through the quarters, are you looking up at his stat and being like, he's got to get something. Yeah. And I think, I think what really kind of like set off the moment I'm talking about is, yeah, he was, and he was like, what? Oh, oh of eight, oh of nine yeah. maybe at that point. But when he went to the free throw line, it was kind of this feeling of like, all right, this guy's going to get a freebie. Then he's going to get going. Here we go. And when he missed the free throw, that's when the crowd was like, okay, we're going to, we're going to hassle this guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? We're going to make this guy, we're going to make sure that this is a negative memory for Joel. <laughs> um, and it was, but, yeah. but yeah, let's, okay. Like, uh, you know, funny hijinks aside, <laughs> that game was so, so impressive. And yeah. I mean, I, I've been, I feel like I've been rewarded for my blind optimism towards the Raptors and, you know, maybe it's not yeah. as blind. You definitely have. We, uh, I feel they're like. They're good. We're good. We're great. We're not good. We're great. Um, yes. The thing is, I think that game, because that, that was the game that came out after the ESPN Power Poll. That's right. Yeah. 
Uh, and I'm not one to think that teams like really hone in on that, but it felt like they did for that game. It just felt like kind of big, like a point to prove sort of thing. Like they were gonna play hard regardless, but if we lost, we would have just shrugged. I think. Um, but also, Philadelphia, the the one thing they're really missing, the one player they're really there's two players that are really hurt and miss. They're missing Jimmy Butler, and then they're missing JJ Redick. They need outside shooting, and they're without reliable outside shooting, I don't think they're the threat that I thought they're gonna be. Because I thought they're gonna be a threat. I just don't think I see it anymore. Yeah, I'm think. I mean, I still think they made the long, the like the right long-term moves when you think about J.J. Redick and Butler's age. But with that much money locked up to Harris, he has to be a lockdown three-point shooter. I mean, Richardson, I think, will heat up. He he, he had a hot game against us. And, you know, the, they just need guys like Thibel and, um, and, you know, Furkan Korkmaz to kind of be those integral role players. But, um, yeah, it, it'll take some time. I, I, again, I think Philly will get better as the season goes along, but forget about Philly for a sec because the, uh, I want to touch on some more Raptors. That, What's that? I was hoping you say that because I, I, I'm also tired of everyone saying this was a Philly flub. This is not a Philly flub. This is a Raptors flub. That's right. We beat the crap out of them. And watching Amino Hassan and uh, Scottie Pippen actually give the Raptors credit was wonderful. I uh, I made a joke um I made a, a joke on a post uh, earlier in the week just, just because it was kind of killing me. You know, you have Raptors – or sorry, you have kind of like the ESPN uh, American media being like, wow, Embiid guarded himself. He got zero points. Then you have Raptors fans being like, great team defense. I won't mention the person who was tethered to him, though. And it's it's weird because it's like the, the Raptor. yeah, I mean, you already touched on this, but the Raptors soul thing – just, yeah, it, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Like, the guy is a winner, and he's helping us win. And he had just, like, he just was, like, showboating almost in that performance. Like, he was he was living in Gasol's head. And, and to your kind of, like, real joke about renting space in, in uh, or sorry, in Embiid's head, to your joke about renting space in, uh, in Embiid's head, shout out to Andre, uh, who will come up later in the podcast as well, for making the joke that uh, he doesn't just have a house. In in Embiid's head, he has a full Spanish villa. <laughs> he has a Spanish villa inside of Embiid's head. Okay, but so it's so true. I um, yeah, I, I think people don't give not enough people gave the Raptors credit, but not enough people give Raptors the Raptors credit at all this year. Mm-hmm. They're saying that I think one of the worst takes I've heard was on first take because Max Kellerman was like, this is a positive. Like, Embiid got zero points and you're still two possessions away from winning. You should be proud. You're making progress. And then in my head, I'm like, yeah, but we're also missing Lowry and Serge. Like, if you're missing a starting point guard in this league, you shouldn't be doing this well. And Lowry is not just any starting point guard. He's Completely under underrated. He's an all-star. Uh, he, he's all NBA. Uh, he's been all NBA. He's uh, on defense. He drew the most charges last year. He shoots three-pointers at a high click. He's our all-time best three-point shooter. He keeps the team composed. Like, And he plays well against Philly. He, he always turns out against Philly. Yeah. He's town team. So... Um, this this Raptors team is not getting enough credit. Um, I'm oh I'm only kind of okay with it because uh, this might be a question, but come All Star time, uh, I don't want a certain uh, point guard to get snubbed because I believe we should have two All Stars at least in this year's. I think I think Kyle's played well enough, and I think the Raptors will f- will you know come that time of the year probably be in, I would say like the lowest third in the East. So yeah. I, I think Lowry definitely has a shot. Um, but wait, I just want to move on to just a, kind of two more Raptors things before we get to some NBA stuff. Um, just, 
Yeah, I'll say something nice about Nick Nurse. This guy is just <laughs> cruising. He's crushing. And 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 I'll I'll say one little thing before that. How cool is it that we have held Kawhi, Damian Lillard, and I think LeBron James as well, LeBron. Embiid, and Seth, maybe one other star to their lowest scoring outputs of the year. Isn't that incredible? It is, and uh, Nick Nurse was supposed to be our offensive guy. Like, no one could have predicted that he came in with this all-championship defense, right? He, he is the architect of our, our offense two years ago. Um, the other thing is Nick Nurse is a rock star, uh, mm-hmm. figuratively and literally. Shout-out to Arkells for bringing that stage. Shout-out to Arkells. Cheers. Uh, they're a great band. Uh, Nick Nurse, I, I, I say this with no hyperbole in my voice whatsoever, should be coach of the year. Uh, it'll be a crying shame if he is not at this point. If the Raptors finish in top four in the East with the wins they have on the record, that they have one more big win against the Western Conference team, uh, be it Clippers, be it the Lakers again, uh, <clears throat> one of those be it Houston, we finish in the top three in the East. This guy has to be coach of the year. You can't pick – the media – there are media outlets that didn't pick the Raptors to be in the playoffs, which is shameful, but whatever. But you can't lose that much firepower and keep the team humming and be like, well, he, I guess he did a pretty good job. Like, what are you trying to say? <laughs> You're saying – He's in my head. He's coach of the year right now. Yeah, I think he's he's got to be coach of the year because if you look at all the teams that have, you know, four losses or less, people can't even name our players. So we're just crushing people, Um, and that's actually a good transition for this last Raptors point I want to hit up. And you know, we we got some more to talk about, and we also got some fun quickish questions which I I really want to get to, Um, but. Matt, I'm going to include you in on this one. Okay. So uh, I'll save the I'll save the guy the whoever's not chosen for myself. But let's all say something nice about Boucher, Terrence Davis, and Rondé. So let's see. Let's each pick one. Yao, I'm going to give you first pick. Pick a guy and say something nice. Uh, Terrence Davis has a the makeup of someone that was on the team last year without being on the team last year. Uh, he is seamlessly transitioned. He's yep. come in uh, with the hunger. He's like kind of looking like at at the starter spot, but at the same time knows how to play within the team. I think uh, I, I like the makeup of the kid, and I think it's I, I think it's a good. He's once again showed uh, what the Raptors are doing exceptionally well that only the Heat can compare to is using the G League to hone talent and bring mm-hmm. them to the next level. Yeah, we are we are absolutely, you know, changing the game as far as the the way farm teams are being used in the NBA. There needs to be a moneyball book about Masai and how he's used the 905. There, there's just there's there's no precedent for it. You know, I've mentioned on the pod before the Spurs and and you know, other franchises have kind of like taken guys and and made them valuable role players or made them a little bit better. But the way we are just succeeding, you know, from, from the top, like guys like Fred and Siakam to the bottom, like, you know, with guys like Boucher and um, I mean, Terrence Davis hasn't even been in the, the G leagues. He's just a good draft or a good, you know, signing. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, Terrence Davis, like just to, just to attest to how good this guy is, you know, he, he actually is going to be, you know, if he doesn't make the rookie sophomore game, he's going to be a snub and he's undrafted. That's wild. I think it's wild. I think uh, it's just kind of a testament that Masai and Bobby Webster know how to look for uh, talent that will work hard on the next level, not necessarily the shiniest mm-hmm. that comes along. Yeah, they really target mature guys, I think. Yeah, and I another thing about the the 905 and that team of Mississauga, not Mississauga or however they said it. Oh God, that's always cringeworthy. Yeah. 
it is. It's almost like Mississippi, and they can say it, whatever. Okay. Huh. Uh, <laughs> in the sense that um, it looks attractive, right? So if the Raptors are successfully using that team and bringing people to the NBA and giving not only people fair shots at the NBA, but like really flourishing careers in the NBA, then you can like say anytime that they're kind of looking at a talent to bring to that team, that player would be a little bit more excited. Do you know what I mean? If you know you can go to a winning 905 team and the big club calls you up and you'll play in the playoffs and play significant minutes and play significant games. It just kind of gives us a new edge in a talent pool that no one else has really discovered. Yet. Right. It's kind of like, Hey, maybe we can't attract a superstar, but let's work on attracting everybody else. Okay. Matt say something nice about either Rondé or Boucher. Chris Boucher. I got to see you up close and personal. I think we made eye contact a few times during the Charlotte game. <laughs> you were the slightest man I've ever seen in professional sports. It looks like you were born without shoulders. You are so slight out there. And everybody, I think when they get that first glimpse of you, they think like, oh, I don't have to worry about this guy. He's so slight. But you are nothing but impressive out there. And I can't wait to hear you confirming that you're going to be playing for Team Canada next. <laughs> that is a big-ass compliment, and it's a nice little tie to some some pretty pretty cool news about all these Canadian players, you know, starting with Jamal Murray. Yeah. Um, you know, just embracing kind of like, hey, we should kind of make a statement here. This is, a, you know, we have so many good players. And um, and Matt, that is that is a lovely shout-out to our boy, <laughs> uh, Bloc Québécois, Chris yeah. Boucher. <laughs> Okay, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go to Rondé. Um, you know, I was talking with my brother today, and and we were we were thinking like, hey, maybe when Nurse was calling people out at the beginning of a season, maybe it wasn't Rondé because I think when Rondé was healthy, he played, and it, he's been good from yeah. the get go. He's seems. pure energy like, out there. I'm looking at his, you know, he's ten points. He's uh, you know six point three rebounds. He's he's basically a steal a game, almost two assists a game. And he's proof that you need all types in the NBA because, yeah, he can't shoot the three. Yes, he can barely shoot at all. Yes, he kind of has those Bismack Biombo, Reggie Evans cement hands. <laughs> but, but man, does it matter? Because he's working harder than you when you're on the court with him. And he's getting rebounds on a team that struggles to rebound. And he's just fitting in all of the gaps and... I mean, I mean, you know, shout out to him. Shout out to Masai. Don't touch the man's toque. Um, <laughs> that's it. That's it. Okay. Well, you know, I want to talk a little bit of rule stuff. Uh, and we got the quickest questions to go to. So uh, let's keep this train moving. Matt, if you got an NBA sting, hopefully with some coughs, would you fire it away? Good. That's good stuff. <laughs> you know what? I've heard that one before. You know, and it sounds, I think, even more nightmarish now. But, but honestly, we got too much basketball to talk about. I can't, I can't dwell on on Matt's like, you know, like well, whatever you do at home. I feel like you watch the the production of Stomp, and then you just like <laughs> run, run into your editing. My main inspiration start, is Stomp. You just start making noises, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's cool. It's cool. People honestly tell me they hate my basketball commentary, but they come here for the sound full. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, um, yeah. Let's let's dive right in here. Um. Let's. Uh, I don't know if we're going to go all through all the rules, but that, that's kind of the big thing right now in the NBA. So I, I feel like, I feel like that's that's kind of where we the, the space we should occupy. Why don't you just uh, start with um, one of the proposed rule changes, mm -hmm. and that you like, and then we'll go from there. Ugh. Ugh. If you don't like any, <laughs> start with the one you hate the most. Reseeding. That one's good. The proposed rule changes. 
The ones that I don't like the most. That's right. Uh, Here, you, I can rattle them off too if it helps. I hate, yeah, I, first of all, oh. I, I hate all of them. Um, Whoa. I think the 78 games is the one I'm going to pick because it's just so perplexing that how did you come up to four less games will make the league better? Do you know what I mean? Like, right. It's not a significant enough change for people to be like, well, I'm going to play every game now. Like, basically this rule is, does, like, the reason why this is coming up is because of Kawhi. Kawhi plays an average of 60 games a season. So the difference between 82 and 78 is still going to mean that Kawhi only plays 66 games the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think it changes much. It just takes away games from other markets. I think it's money out of owners' pockets. I don't really care about how much money, but it just like it's a it's a rule change that doesn't make sense. Yes, uh, I I honestly couldn't agree more. Like I don't really understand how four less games is going to prevent anyone from <laughs> load managing. I think you know you know, and th- th- this is going to come up in our quickest questions, but uh, I'll just say that. People need to embrace that players are going to rest. And I think there's no way to around that. You can't force the players to do stuff. I, uh, hockey I, goalies rest. Baseball pitchers rest. Baseball soccer pitch, players rest. Baseball it's, pitchers rest. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and that's fine. Like, I'm not saying it as a negative. It's like, it's, and it kind of makes sense that, I mean, I've said it a million times on this pad, this podcast, but the NBA needs to get away from, only marketing around its superstars and they need to understand that Boucher is worth uh, the price of admission. But uh, I'll, I'll go, uh, I'm going to go to one I actually like and, and Matt, I, uh, I heard you say it, so I don't know if you like it as well, but I actually do like reseeding. I think that, you know, you might disrupt some of the, you know, age old rivalries like in the East and the West and the proposal is only for the last two rounds. And I think that's so that it's, you know, in a scenario where let's say they're, you know, let's say if the, the Raptors and the Bucks are the best team, you know, you can split them up and then maybe that's the finals. I think that that's kind of like a half measure. And I would like to see Reese <laughs> throughout the playoffs. I think that's honestly a way to guarantee that the regular season matters. Like if you finish first record in the NBA, you might have two rounds in a row where you're you're basically up against garbage opponents and you're not stuck at some weird bracket thing it, it's, it's reseeding i think would keep teams honest and uh yeah i'm, I'm for it i'm um, not for reseeding the last round um there is something about i would hate to see a lakers clippers final there's something just off it throws me off in a weird way like a golden state lakers final would like or even like a rapper's Philadelphia 76ers final. Like all all that kind of throws me off a spell. Right. But what I always thought they should do is reseed at like they do in the NHL as they go through. Like Yeah, you, that's that's what I'm saying. Yeah. If you finish first in the East, you should always have the easier path. That's what you basically pay your season for. So Oh, if, you're saying reseed just within the conferences. Within the conference. That's, oh, okay, yeah. So like for example, if uh, and it's not happened often, but like if the six beats the three in the first round and the one and everything else stays as is and the one beats the eight, then the six plays the one. I'm sorry, like you haven't earned the right to like automatically play the two, like the two seed. Your like if someone gets lucky. Like, I couldn't agree more. You should if you have the what the eighth spot or you know. In, in a scenario where it's league-wide, the 16th spot, you should have to pay for that. And basically, yeah. you are playing the hardest opponent every single round. Yeah. Um, um, that's one way you can kind of guarantee it. I, I still like the East versus West. I like the East and the West like kind of meeting up. But like, imagine if, like, who, who was the 7th seed last year? Um, in the East? In the West, it was San Antonio. In the west of San Antonio, yeah, it was Ed, the Clippers were the eighth, um, were eighth place. Uh, seventh in the East would have been the Magic, who we played. No. Yeah, we played Magic. 
like, but just imagine like those lower seeds going through and then having another matchup and their first seed is like, yeah, we'll take it because you fought your ass off um, to get first place to make sure your path is easiest for the finals. Hell yes. Um, okay. I, I, uh, uh, yeah, I, I, I hate to cut this segment short, but we got some good quickish questions and I, I think, oh, wait, I think, wait, can I say one other thing? Yes. Go. Um, they didn't propose this rule change. I've mentioned it a few times online, but hear me out. Um, I think there should be some sort of like, Ooh, dare I say, I'm just going to call it the president's cup for the regular season sort of thing. Oh, so you like the tournament thing? No, 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 no. I hate the tournament thing. Okay. What I do like huh. is rewarding the the team with the best record and acknowledgement. And not only that, we should kind of backdate it. Like, to the beginning of the, like, shot clock era, it just, like, every team has that, like, trophy in their hallways. Just to acknowledge that, like, you know, those 70-win teams were hitting 69 wins is a big deal. And because I feel like part of the reason why – um load management and rest during a season is a thing is it's not just, it's the media that kind of pushes that. Like it's the Michael Jordan narrative. It's right. It's all about championships and it's all about the, the seed versus the record. Yeah. And you're not worried. You're not awarding the totality of basketball. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the NHL does it and it doesn't dilute the season and it doesn't, negate or dilute the significance of the cup i agree so, and, and can, can i just add to your idea yeah we should shame last place like we should give them something that they like a scar they can't get rid of <laughs> scar like, you get branded you know I mean? we should like they should have something emblazoned into their building where it's just <laughs> like it's just like a nasty piece of art or something that like doesn't age well or you know what I mean? Or like maybe it's like one of those things that has many dots, so it has like a bit of a tryptophobia thing. Like people get sick when they look at it. Oh, but you know what I mean? Just to be like, hey, you want a tank? You want a, you want a tank, Philly? Okay, well we're gonna put some uh, tryptophobia art um, <laughs> on the you know on the side of your building. Could you imagine? Nothing makes a franchise feel more shame. <clears throat> imagine like, but also think about this. If you had some sort of, let's just call it, let's just call it the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar Award, just for fun. And you get a Kareem, your team wins the best, it has the best record throughout the year. Now you have another thing to kind of compare players to, if you want to, that gives the regular season meeting. Michael Jordan's team has had the best record once. I think uh, LeBron James's team's had the best record once. Wow, um, is that true? It, it might be. Um, I don't think he's. I don't think he's had the best record more than once. But like having the best record in the league. Now you have Steph Curry's done it a couple times. And now you have like people who like you're rewarding teams and players who balled all year. And then yeah. you see how many times did that best record lead to a championship and vice versa. Uh, they can take it as a consolation prize or not. They can have it displayed. They have a nice little cream that they get at to the trophy case. And I think you you do. You 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 go back in time to the franchises to the beginning of the shot, uh, shot clock era and you award those teams because those teams are already fighting hard. And then you just make sure you give it significance right away by like giving a reward because you could just go back to a record. Yeah. Yao, you are you're a man that cares about fairness. I am. And uh and and that's an honorable trait, and and I too care about fairness. And I, I asked people for some quickish questions, wow. and we I think we only got like a couple minutes, so <laughs> we got to power through this baby. Are, oh. are you are you both down? Yeah, let's do it. Quickish questions. Yeah. I, I know you know how this works. Matt, I know you know how this works. Damn right I do. I'm just going to tell you both for this segment, I'm going to read the first name of the uh, of the of the questioners, the, the folks who ask questions, because it, it ends up being relevant. Um, so you know how it works. You know, there's no, no phone a friend. No phone like a friend. Absolutely you, not. You answer as quick as you can. That's it. <laughs> Yao, I'm starting with you. You ready? Uh, let's go. Yao, this is from Peter. 
how many Raptors will be All-Stars this year? Two. Matt. Wow. This is from Josh. Hi, Josh. Top three all-time Raptors point guards ranked. Wow. Okay. Well, I'll start with Kyle Lowry. Yep. Because he is. Um, I'm going to go way back. I'm going to say like uh, Damon Stoudemire. Cheers. And then... Oh, God. Uh, do I know anymore? Um, was was Calderon a point guard or was he a... He, he's an all-time leader in assists, Raptors point guard. Oh, really? Nice. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. That's a pretty good three, ain't it? You rocked it, baby. Oh, okay, cool. Cool. Yeah, it's come yeah. from Jonathan. How would you solve the load management issue? Uh, I just said I would I would reward, award the regular season team with the best record with a trophy, uh, and I would recede throughout the playoffs in the east and west bracket, so the one seed always plays the lowest seed and the highest seed always plays the lowest seed. Oh, yes. Matt. Yes. It's coming from Peter. <laughs> Peter. Hi, <laughs> Pete. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. I'm hearing like, it sounds like someone is like trapped somewhere. Okay. Um, Matt. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's coming from Peter. Does FV, uh, FVV's agent cold call companies looking for endorsements? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so good. Um, <laughs> I mean, you'd think it'd be the other way around, but yeah, I do think that's what's happening. Yeah, I do agree with that. Just uh, that one about the Christmas lights is pretty weird. I feel like that was a cold call one. That's amazing. Yeah, this is <laughs> coming from Andre. Andre. Who's the biggest threat to the Raptors in the East? The Bucks. Matt. Yes. You can only keep one. Boucher or Terrence Davis? Whew, I'm keeping Boucher. Canada, baby! And that was from Andre, by the way. Right. Another one from Andre. Uh, this is for you, Yao. Okay. Um, Nick Nurse, Coach of the Year. This should happen, but I feel like it won't. Why? Uh, it, the only reason why it wouldn't happen is because uh, people at ESPN and Fox Sports keep pushing the narrative that uh, Vogel is managing talent in LA and they finish with the best record and they get the Hmm. Matt, Yo, from Andre. Hi, Andre. What team do you most want the Raptors to beat? Team that I want them to beat the most? Um, I'm going to say it felt really good to beat Philly. You know, even more than Boston. I, th I feel let's just keep taking it to Joel Embiid. Right. Let's <laughs> ruin this guy's life, man. Yeah. <laughs> yes. This is coming from Andre. Pascal Siakam stars in a hit new movie as a basketball player, uh, as a basketball playing priest from Cameroon. The movie is called um, Spicy Peace. <laughs> oh, wow. Spicy Priest. See, that's why we do quickish questions. That was money. Okay, Matt. <laughs> yes. That's come from Andre. Hi, Andre. Who asks better questions, me or Jonathan? <laughs> <laughs> um, wow, this is uh, I don't I don't want to alienate either of the people that like to send in questions. You're gonna so, answer the question or what? Oh my god! Um, can I say it's a tie? I like both. Okay. Oh, no ties in baseball. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna be uh, you know. I don't want to mess anything up here. Fair enough. I love how you, you restarted the music when you said that. Okay, that was, that was a little wonderful detail. Yeah. Yes. Three more questions here. Uh, this one's from Jonathan. Uh, has anyone checked on Ennis? That's Ennis Esmer, uh, guest and uh, friend of the podcast. <laughs> has anyone checked on Ennis during this calamitous warrior season? I don't think anybody <laughs> has. Uh, I, I would like someone to reach out to him, just have him on the podcast. Just, oh just my God. We're still there for him. Ennis, we're thinking of you, man. Cheers. We're here for you. Wow, life gets sad sometimes, <laughs> I guess. Uh, Matt, it's coming yeah. from Jonathan. What's up, Jonathan? After fuck Brooklyn and fuck them, <laughs> what can Masai do to top those? Fuck Brooklyn and fuck them. Um, I'd say that uh, fuck the West. 
Oh, yeah. oh yeah, what a whole hemisphere. I like yeah. that. Yeah, <laughs> like a whole yeah, side. No. Yeah. yeah, it's a whole him oh, being from Africa yeah. thing. Yeah. Fuck mountain time or something. <laughs> Fuck the wet. Um. <laughs> Fuck, oh God, the Grand Canyon sucks. Um, okay, last question, Yao. Uh, it's yeah. come from James. Um, percent chance Pop retires at the end of the year? Uh, I'm looking at... Right now I'm at 70. Ouch. 70. Okay, uh, that's it's it for this pod. It's a team record. It has mo- more to do with, like, Becky Hammond getting ready and Tim Duncan being there. And mm-hmm. I think it's just about like, it's been booted out a few games. I think he's about that time. He's about, yeah, that. he's getting a bit cranky Yeah, <laughs> and he already was cranky, but, uh, but yeah, that, that's the pod. Um, yeah. Thanks for doing it. I appreciate oh. it. You're awesome. Yeah. Thanks, thanks man. Uh, awesome. you, you got any shows coming up? What, what are you up to? Where can people check you out? Ooh, if this comes out before Sunday, uh, Sunday I'm doing a show called Friendly Faces at the John Candy Box Theater. Uh, the show, is, it's an Empire comedy show. It starts at, let's get the time, it starts at, oh, it's Friendly Faces, December 1st at 7 o'clock. And for those who don't know, the John Candy Box Theater is actually located at, uh, on, at 51 Mercer uh, at Second City in Toronto. 99 Blue Jay Way. Yeah. So sorry. Don't listen to what I just said. Yeah. 99 <laughs> Blue Jay Way. There's, there's an elevator and stairs to get up there. Uh, I'll be doing stand-up with a bunch of great stand-ups in the city. Hell yes. Check Yao, Yao out. He's amazing. He's funny. Oh, one other thing I'm going to plug because sure. uh, I also write an Instagram comic. Uh, it's on a account called Funny Ghost Productions. It's a funny little Instagram comic that uh, I have fun with with an animator named Bram Kane. And so he does all the art and I write jokes and it's been fun so far. Cool. So, uh, sorry, it's called Funny. It's, uh, where can people find that on Instagram? Is it at Funny at, Ghost Productions? Yeah, yeah, at Funny Ghost Productions. All one word. No. Awesome. Um, Matt. All right, guys. God damn it. I love you. Yow. You know yeah. what I mean? Love you too, buddy. <laughs> Um, go Raptors. We are 13 and four and, uh, we'll actually be potting in uh, just a couple of days. Yeah. So, uh, well, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see. Uh, we'll see you in like three or four days. Can anyone around here speak basketball? There it is. It's the Confederacy of Dunks basketball podcast. podcast.